Open your Bibles now to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Today we totally live in a Facebook world. Uh, Facebook came on the scene in 2004. That's not that long ago. Uh, It started as the Facebook. Uh, It was started by college roommates from Harvard. They got together to put it together uh, with the idea of of replacing MySpace. If you remember MySpace, they replaced MySpace. Uh, It now has, and these are some of the latest statistics, it now has 2.85% billion active users uh, in a month, 2.85 billion active users. It is found in 111 different languages, and it is the primary source of information for many people, uh, more than would like to admit that's their primary source of information. Now, here's the thing about Facebook. This is why I believe it is so popular. Uh, Number one, I believe it makes you the center of all things. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so popular. It makes you the center of all things. You get likes and you get friends and you get views and you're in the middle of everything. If you watch it, as your news feed goes by, you're at the center of everything. And even when somebody unfriends you, uh, you get all the excitement at being in the center of that. Well, did you? can you imagine they unfriended me and you get to tell 20 people that that happened to you? It makes you the center of all things. The second thing is this. It lets you project your life in a light in which it really does not exist. And I believe this is the main thing. I think this is why we all love it. It lets you project your life in a light in which it really does not exist. Now, I want you to think about this. Notice on Facebook, everybody's life is better than yours. Everybody's life is absolutely great. They are happy. I watch folks, and there's no way they should be happy. They're happy. Uh, The food they eat is all beautiful. They never eat what I eat. It's all beautiful. There's great pictures of it. The places they go, I can't afford to go to those places, and they go to all these great places It lets you tag where you're at. Now, I wonder if sometimes folks are lying. They just get close to somewhere and tag that they're there. Uh, You're at the big game. Boom, you're there. You're at the big concert. You can let everybody know you're there. Church on Easter Sunday. Tag, tag, tag. We're all there. On Facebook, I watch this. You can post things that make you seem profound, that make you seem smart. Uh, Even if you just have to share somebody else that's smart, share their stuff, oh, wow, they are, man, they're deep. They are a deep thinker. Uh, You can post things, and this is our day, that make you seem caring and loving. And you, you watch folks, and they're meaner than a junkyard dog, but on Facebook, they are so nice, They gave to their birthday, and they gave to their birthday, and they've done all these loving things. They are so nice. And you can honestly project a life that does not exist. It looks good. It looks so good. But here's the reality. The car's dirty. The kids are dirty. There's no supper. You're probably mad, and most likely you're broke. 
Well, I want you to see this tonight. Darkness has always tried to masquerade as light. Darkness has always tried to appear attractive. That's nothing new. It always tries to appear attractive. Darkness has always tried to fool you into thinking there is something there of value. When the truth is, darkness is just that. It is dark. Darkness is empty. Darkness is a lie. Darkness is just that. It is dark. Today, tonight, our message is entitled, Follow the Light. Follow the Light. We're in John chapter 8, tonight, verses 12 through 20. Moving right along in our study, follow the light. John chapter 8, tonight, verses 12 through 20. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 12. Then Jesus spoke again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You're not, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I'm not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I'm not alone in it, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself. And the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Verse 20, these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for a Monday night that we can gather and hear your word, that we can gather and be encouraged, that we can gather and be taught not by a person, not by a church, but by the living word of a living God. Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged tonight. I pray that we'd be trained tonight. I pray that we'd be equipped tonight. And I, and I pray in a sorry, messed up world of nonsense, I pray that our eyes on this hour would truly be picked up and placed upon the light of this world, Jesus. Lord, I pray for some that do not know you, maybe in this room, maybe in the hearing of this message, they do not know you. I, I pray that tonight in the hearing of good news, that this night, this 38th night, that they may trust you and turn to you for their salvation. Lord, we're so thankful again. And we pray rejoicing in you thanking you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight our account takes up following the verses at the end of chapter 7. We had a gap yesterday in our verses. Uh, our account tonight takes up in the verses at the end 
of chapter 7. Now remember the account of chapter 7. Jesus has made his way to Jerusalem for the festival of booths, the festival of tabernacles. Now remember, the festival was celebrating, it was commemorating the exodus out of Egypt. For the observance of the, of the, the holiday, the Jews would travel to Jerusalem if they could. That was their goal. And once there, they would set up tents or temporary booths, and they would stay in those tents, those temporary booths, those temporary shelters for seven days. On the eighth day, the last day, they would have a great celebration, a great festival. Well, understand the entire thing was a big deal. The entire thing was a celebrated event. They looked forward to this celebration. Well, during this time, the Bible has told us that the Jewish leaders are looking to kill Jesus. They've had enough of him. They've heard enough of him. They see him as a threat. The Bible says that they're actually looking, seeking to kill Jesus. If they can get their hands on Jesus, they're going to kill Jesus. When we left off in our verses, Jesus has made his way into the city. He has stood up now on the last day, the great day, and he has announced to this big crowd, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now that is a very significant declaration. That is a very profound declaration. The Bible tells us after that, after that declaration, there is a debate and a division in the crowd as to the identity of Jesus. And so he stands up, he makes that declaration, and there are some there that are saying he is the Christ. And there are others there that are saying, no, he is a fraud, he is a liar. And there are some others there that are saying, no, perhaps he is somebody else. And so there is a debate going on, there is a division that has arisen there in the crowd as to the identity of Jesus. Well, tonight our verses start immediately there. That's where our verses are going to pick up tonight. Let's go to our verses starting in verse 12. Then, next, Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Verse 12 is a loaded verse. It is a big verse, and we're going to spend a considerable amount of time tonight looking at verse 12. Now remember, in the festival of booths, the festival of tabernacles, once a day during that celebration, the priests led a procession to a spring, and once at the spring they would take a golden pitcher, they would fill it with water out of the spring, and then they would lead this, this procession back to the temple. They would blow their horn three times. They would read from verses from the prophet Isaiah, and they would pour the water on the altar. Now, this whole thing celebrated God's provision of water during the Exodus. And that's what this was about. It was remembering God had provided their water 
during the Exodus account. Well, in that context, Jesus shouts, if anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And the context explains it. The context is vital to understanding what Jesus says here. Well, during the same festival, that's what happens during the day, each night at the temple in the woman's courtyard, right where the treasury was situated, every night during the celebration, the priests would light these giant lampstands that had wicks on them made out of the priest's old garments, the priest's old clothes. And so they would, they would light these big wicks, they would take torches, and they would go around and all these lampstands there in the courtyard, they would light all of the lamps, all of the wicks, and they say that the tradition says that the light would be seen all over Jerusalem. I don't know if that's true or not, but especially can you imagine there in the courtyard, there are these giant lampstands, and they go around and, and light all of the wicks, and the courtyard is lit up. At that point, the people would dance and they would sing. They were filled with joy. It was remembering God's provision. It was remembering God's leading the people. Remember with a, with a pillar of, of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. And so they remembered God was with us and God showed us his presence and God led us himself. And they would celebrate this event. Well, guess what? It is there... At this time, with the bright light shining, set against the darkness of the night, that Jesus next says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, I want you to think about that. What an awesome thing that is. What an awesome declaration that is there with the lights burning and the, the glow going up. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now let's look at what he says tonight. Let's look at what he says. He starts off and he says, I am. I am. Now, that is the same statement that we keep seeing it. We've seen it several times. We're going to keep seeing it. It is the same statement, uh, the same verb that God uses to name himself and to describe, to reveal himself. Uh, it literally means, I be being. I be being. Now, when I first read that, it sounds like somebody's from Electra. Uh, but it says, I be being. That's what it means. I be being. Uh, it's actually way, way more profound than that. Uh, it has a huge understanding. It is a mind-blowing expression. God says, this is my name. This is how I reveal myself. That means I am eternal. It means he is self-existent. It means that he is all-powerful. It means that he is God and that he alone is God. There is not another God. That's what that means. I am. Well, Jesus says, I am. I am the light of the world. The light of the world. 
It may seem like a small thing. I want to look at it. Notice the article there, the. I am the, the light of the world. I am the light. I want you to notice this. He doesn't claim to bring the light. He doesn't claim to reflect the light. He doesn't claim to be a light, one of others. He doesn't claim to be another light, perhaps one of many. He says he is the light. He is the light. It means he is the only light. Now, listen, we live in a day when some folks say, well, maybe there's other ways to have peace with God. Now, that sounds like a smart thing. Who are we to judge them? Who are we to judge their system? And folks will say, well, maybe there are other ways to have peace with God. Or maybe there are other ways to exit the darkness. I once had a professor that told me that. Maybe there's other ways to exit the darkness. Maybe we need not be so narrow as followers of Jesus Christ. Well, listen to the words of Jesus. He says, I am the light. I am the light. He is the only light. Now, let me point out the good news in that. Do not miss it tonight. It means there is light. That's what it means. There is light. In a dark and dying world, do you see the world we're living in? We are not left hopeless. There is light in Jesus Christ. That's the good news. There is light. Next, the verse says, of the world. I am the light of the world. Now, by now, you probably know what I'm getting ready to say here. Uh, If you don't know what I'm going to say, you should know. He says, I am the light of the world. I want you to think about this. Think about this. What does light do? What does light do? It shines. That's what light does. It shines. It shines. It shines indiscriminately. Did you know that? If I were to pull a light out here, I can't tell you it's not going to shine on y'all, but it'll shine on somebody else. It shines unashamedly. It shines indiscriminately. It shines. A light shines. That's what a light does. Let me tell you something I noticed this morning. When the sun came up today, it came up no less on Mansard Street than it did on Main Street. When the sun came up today, it came up no less in Quanah than it did in Vernon. When the sun came up today, it came up no less on me than it did on you. That's what the light does. It shines. Jesus says here, he is the light of the world. Nobody's left behind. Nobody's left out. He is the light of the world. That is the promise of Jesus. All people, all nations, everyone, He is the light that shines. Then he says, He who follows me will not walk in darkness. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But will have the light of life. Now, this is a big statement. 
Notice earlier, it said, he said, I am the light of the world. But now it says, they will have the light of life. Now, what that means is life itself, the giver of life. Now, this goes back to chapter 1. Remember that. Jesus is the creator of physical life. Jesus is the giver of spiritual life. Jesus, listen, is the light that gives life. Do you understand that? When you go to the light, when you respond to the light, Jesus is the light that gives life. It's talking about spiritual life here. It says you will have. Now I want to take note of two things, two more things here before we move out of verse 12. The first thing I want us to notice, and I want you to see this, it says, he who follows me. He who follows me. The word for follow here, in the original language, it could mean to accompany or to follow. And so it could mean just get in behind me, or it could mean to accompany me. It could also mean to follow as a disciple. It most literally translates to conform to one's example. That's what it means to follow somebody, to be shaped in their likeness, to be conforming to their example. Jesus says he is the light and we are to follow him. Let me point out a couple things. First is this. To follow Jesus, you cannot also follow the world. And I'm just going on the definition of the word. To follow Jesus, you cannot also follow the world. Darkness and light do not mix. They, they do not, they're not companions. And so to follow Jesus, you have to accompany Jesus. To follow Jesus, you have to be in the process of being shaped being conformed to the image of Jesus. You cannot follow the world and follow Jesus. Let me tell you something. That causes a lot of problems for us. That causes a lot of problems for us. That causes a lot of folks to stall out in their Christian walk. You see, we want both. I want to be forgiven, yes, but I sure like the things of the world. I want to go to heaven, yes, but I sure like the sins of the world. We like both. The world says you can have both. But the truth is this. You either follow Jesus or you follow the world. You cannot do both. Second thing is this, and it's just going again off the definition. Second thing is this. You cannot follow Jesus and stay in the same place. You cannot follow Jesus and stay in the same place. It's not possible. It, it cannot happen. I want you to think about this. If I were to come in and I were to say, you know what, I, I'm going to Dallas. I'm going to Dallas, and you ought to follow me to Dallas. And you were to say, you know what, I, okay, that's fine. I like you, and I like Dallas, and I want to be in Dallas. I'd like to go to Dallas. That sounds good. Let's go to Dallas. And if I were to take off and to go but if you're just to stay here and I, I go a little bit and I, I look back and you're just staying there 
And I, and I go on down a little bit, and I, maybe they'll get in gear. Maybe they're, maybe they're thinking about something. I look back, and you're just staying there. And I think, well, maybe they didn't hear me. I say, you know what? I, I'm going to Dallas. Follow me. And you say, you know what? I like Dallas. I like the Cowboys there. I, I want to go to Dallas. I, that sounds good to me. Let's go. And I take off, and you just stay there. Listen to me tonight. We are not saved by following. We're saved in faith. But when we put our faith in Jesus, we will follow Jesus. Do you understand the logic of that? We're not, we're not saved by following. It's not some work that we have to do. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, it does not make any sense that you're following Jesus if you're staying in the same place. You cannot follow Jesus and stay in the world. You cannot follow Jesus and stay where you're at. Friends, we follow Jesus. We trust him. We put our faith in Jesus. We put aside our old desires. We put ourselves under his teaching. We get in his word and we walk with Jesus. We follow Jesus. We start to become formed in his image. We have to follow Jesus. We have to follow Jesus. Let me read the verse one more time, verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now I want to show you the outcome of following that light. Now I'm going to go fast. If we're not careful, we're going to spend the whole time on verse 12. I want to show you the outcome if you actually follow Jesus. Now, this is worth seeing. What will happen if you actually follow Jesus? Let me show you a couple things. I'm going to read verse 12 again. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of light. Now, see the outcome here. When we follow the light... We walk in a different realm. When we follow the light, we walk in a different realm. The verse says, we will not walk in darkness. Now, the truth is, when you're saved, when you trust Jesus, you're made new. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, when you trust Jesus, you've crossed from death over to life. That's what the Bible says. When we, when we trust Jesus... We have left the darkness, we have turned to the light, and we now are walking in the light. That's what the Bible says. Well, listen to me tonight, hear me tonight. The good news is, in the grace of God and in the power of God, when we follow Jesus, when we're saved, we walk in a new realm. We walk in Jesus. We walk in the light. That's awesome. In his power, not because we got a big willpower dose, not because we decided to get stronger in something. In the power of God, we live in a new realm. We walk in Jesus. And that leads to the next part. So when we walk in the light, we walk in a different realm. So when we walk in the light, we walk with a different perspective. We walk with a different perspective. See this tonight. 
The world is dark. The world is dark. It tries to imitate the light. It tries to be attractive like the light, but it is dark. It is so dark. The world is dark. It is evil. It is sinful. It is marred. The world is dark. And so notice, listen to me tonight. So notice the lens that it looks through is also dark. Now, I want you to think about our day. I want you to think about the things we see today. The world is dark, and so the lens that the world looks through is a dark lens. And instead of seeing hope, it sees despair. Instead of seeing possibilities, it focuses on regret. Oh, I wish I'd have done this. Oh, I wish I'd have never done that. Oh, I wish I'd have taken that opportunity. Oh, I wish I'd have never done those things. Instead of seeing possibilities, it sees regrets. Instead of seeing life and health, it sees sickness and death. Now listen, I'm going to get personal. Do you watch the news today? Do you watch your news feed today? Do you understand what we're seeing today is a victory of Satan? All we see is, well, they're sick and they're sick and the hospitals are full and here's another report and we got to get a shot and you got to get another and you better wear your mask and you better get a test. And it's sickness all the time. This morning I saw, well, this person died. Well, this person died. They didn't say anything about anybody being born. It's hopelessness. Instead of seeing victory, it sees fear. Do you know Jesus has won? Do you know Jesus has won? Let me tell you something. Yes, times are hard. I'm not saying they're not. Yes, times can be rough. I'm not saying they're not. But I want to tell you, we need to understand tonight, Jesus has won. We serve a risen Savior, and he has defeated the world. He's not waiting on an outcome. He has defeated Satan, crushing his head at the resurrection. He has defeated death, coming out of the grave alive, and he is the victor. Instead of seeing joy, the dark-eyed world sees a burden. There's not a reason to get up. There's not a reason to live. Instead of seeing joy, it says, oh, another burden. Listen, when we follow the light, our realm has changed. And so therefore, our perspective does as well. I want you, I want you to get that tonight. Listen, you, you can take off the dark glasses of this world and you can look in the light tonight. We walk in hope we walk in life. We walk in victory as believers. Because of that, we can walk in joy. 45 minutes in, we're going to get off the first verse. Verse 13. So the Pharisees said to him, you're not testifying. You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Verse 13, notice this. They're not hearing what Jesus has said. Instead, they are seeking an objection to what Jesus has said. They are raising an issue with what Jesus has said. They were determined not to believe. 
He says, if you're thirsty, I'll give you something to drink. He says, I'm the light of the world. They said, we got an issue. Remember earlier on when Jesus said, the law says we need two or three witnesses. You remember that? And so he said, you need two or three witnesses. I'll give you the witness of John. I'll give you the witness of Scripture. I'll give you the witness of myself. I'll give you the witness of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you the witness of the Father. Well, here they go with that again. And they say, well, it's just you. And so it's not true. It's just you. It's not, it's not true. They raise an objection. Verse 14. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. Now he's talking again about heaven. He's talking about the fact that he is God incarnate, Christ incarnate. He has come down from the Father and he will go back to the Father. Verse 14 again, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. Verse 15, you judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. He says to them, they use human logic. They use worldly understanding. He says, I do not judge. Now understand, he said he didn't come to judge, but to save. And so not yet. He's not judging yet. He says, I didn't come to judge. Verse 16, but even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I'm not alone in it, but I and the Father who sent me. Verse 17. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. In the, in the law, it says the testimony of two, the witnesses of two, the witness of two will stand. Verse 18. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Verse 18, he says, two witnesses will stand. He says, you want two testimonies? Well, there is mine, and there is the Father's. Now, I want to show you something here in verse 18 again. It says, I am he who testifies about myself. I am he who testifies about myself. Well, guess what? It is the same word. It is the same verb that God uses to name himself and to describe himself. We see it here again. And so it is I am. It means I be being. I am self-existent. Because of that, I am the creator. Because of that, I am all-powerful. Because of that, I am God. Now, I want you to remember Jesus is speaking here. So Jesus says, I am self-existent. I am creator. I am all-powerful. I am God. And he says, I am the one who testifies about myself. Now, this is deep. Stay hooked right here. We know that God, I am, reveals himself in creation in his word, and in the person of Jesus. Now, we know that. I am God reveals himself in creation. We know there's a God when we see creation. He reveals himself in his word, and he reveals himself in the person of Jesus. 
Well, Jesus says here, I am the God who testifies to himself. I am the creator. I am the word, the revelation in the word, and I am Jesus, the revelation of the word. All of those are true in Jesus. He says, I am the one, the God, who testifies to himself. Now understand, only Jesus could say that and it be true. I am the one who testifies about myself. Verse 19. So they were saying to him, where is your father? They want him to produce Joseph. Where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Verse 20. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. His hour had not yet come. It was coming, but it was not yet. Here's the question tonight. Are you following the light? Are you following the light. The first part of that is this. Do you have a new realm? Have you been made new in Christ? Have you passed from darkness to light? Have you passed from death to life? Have you trusted Jesus for your salvation? Simple as that. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior tonight? Are you following the light? Do you know him as the remedy for sinners? Do you know him as the risen Savior, our King, have you trusted him with your sin problem tonight? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Are you following the light? Second question is this. If you have, has it changed your perspective? For some of us tonight, this is going to be the big question. If you've trusted Jesus with your salvation, if you've followed the light, has it changed your perspective? Let me tell you something. Listen very carefully. We need to change our glasses tonight. We need, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to change our perspective tonight. We need to take the world's dark lens off, and we need to understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, that is no longer our lens. And we need to understand tonight we have a hope that endures. Listen, our hope is not gone. It has not diminished it endures. We have an anchor that holds. It isn't moving around. Our foundation is not tossed. We have an anchor that holds. We have a rock tonight that stands and it stands as sure as it ever has. We have victory tonight in Jesus. Listen, he has defeated the world. He has defeated death and he gives us light and he gives us life. In him we have peace and we have joy. We are victors. Listen to me. Not because we did something, not because we're strong. We are victors because of Jesus. The song is telling the truth. There is victory in Jesus. And I want you to hear me tonight. If the economy crumbles, we'll be poor victors. If we all get COVID, we'll be sick victors. If we all die, we'll be glorified victors. 
And if we all live, we'll be worshiping victors. And when he comes again, we'll be raptured victors. We are victors in Jesus Christ. We need a better perspective. We need a better perspective. Praise the Lord we have it in Jesus. Follow the light. Let's pray. During Father, we come, and I'm thankful we have hope tonight. I'm thankful we have peace tonight. Thankful we don't have to be scared tonight. Thankful we have the forgiveness of our, of our sorry sin tonight. Thankful that we can be right with you tonight. Thankful that we have eternal life tonight. Thankful that we can bask in the perspective of the light tonight. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Lord, I pray for two things. I pray for some that do not know you. I pray that in the hearing of, the, of a risen Savior of good news in Jesus, I pray that tonight they would turn to you. Lord, help them, help them see that this word stir in their heart. I pray, Lord, that tonight they would turn to you. And I pray the second thing is this, Lord, for those of us who've trusted you, I pray that we would throw down the dirty glasses, goggles of this world, and we would look to the light of a risen Savior, Jesus, and we would see through that perspective. Lord, thank you for that perspective. Lord, I pray that you've been glorified tonight. I pray that you've been known tonight. Pray that we've been encouraged tonight. We thank you for your word that does that. We pray now in this time of invitation that you would have what your word has, has promised, not an empty return, but a, a, a return full. And I pray, Lord, that you're glorified in every piece of it. We come and just submit this to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close our service at a time of invitation, a time of response. And the first, the first call is this. If you've never trusted Jesus, trust him tonight. He is our hope. He is the anchor that stands. He's the rock that has not crumbled. He will forgive you of your sins if you'll call upon him. He will give you eternal life. He will save you this very night if you'll call upon him. Turn to Jesus tonight. Turn to Jesus. If you're here and you follow Christ, but you've never followed in believer's baptism, the Bible says it's important. In fact, Christ commands it. Not just any time, but after we're saved. And not just any means. In the New Testament, it's always by immersion. A picture of what we believe of Christ. If you've never fought in believer's baptism, I want to encourage you to come and let's set a date. A great day of testimony, of celebration. And we'll rejoice in your testimony. If you're here tonight looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here, I can promise you this. We'll stand on his word. We'll preach for his glory. We'll call folks to Jesus until he comes again. If you're looking for a church home and you believe God's called you here, you come. Let's take care of that tonight as well. Maybe tonight on this 38th night, you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to ask God to empower you to pick your eyes up and to look at the light tonight. Maybe you're dealing with something I don't even know what it is. Maybe nobody knows. And, and you want to come tonight in humility and, and, and come to this altar. Come here where I'm at and pray. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about, no one would head for an exit. You pray for those that are making decisions here and other places as well. As we stand and sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.